everybody. My name is Carl Darden, and I'd like to welcome and thank all of you for joining us today here on Navy Sports Central. I am your host, and this is the official podcast of the Navy Sports Nation, where we take a deeper dive into Navy sports. In this episode, we'll talk about how the Mids made history by sweeping all four star contests versus Army last Saturday. The rifle team, men's and women's track, and gymnastics teams all came out on top against the Black Knights on a highly competitive day where several program records were set. We'll also get an update on some of the other winter sports, take a look at our question of the day, and check in with our athletes on the Midwatch. So stick around. We've got a lot of great stuff to talk about. All right. Welcome back, everyone. So glad to have you here. Uh, Whether you are a regular listener or you're hearing us for the first time, thanks for making us part of your day. You guys know I don't like to waste a whole lot of time, so let's go ahead and jump right into things. Um, I wanted to get you caught up on um, some of the other winter sports before we focus on the ones in our deep dive segment. So we're going to go ahead and get started with men's basketball. They are currently 9-4 and four in the Patriot League, and that's good right now for second place with uh, five games left before the uh, conference tournament starts. Uh, in their most recent win against Lafayette, the defense did an outstanding job in the second half, uh, shutting down the Leopards on their way to a 68-44 to win. Now, Lafayette is a decent-scoring team. I mean, they average uh, 67, 68 points a game, but the mids were able to limit them to 4 of 19 shooting in the second half for a total of only 14 points. So that pretty much did the job, and they, they really, really pulled away, I would say, with about between 8 and 10 minutes left in the second half where a 48 to 40 lead just jumped up to uh, about 56 to 40, and then they just built on it from there. Um, as far as your scorers go, John Carter Jr., Richard Njoku, Greg Summers, and Tyler Nelson all got into double figures in points, and the Navy bench outscored the Leopards 22-5. to um, Last week, Jalen Walker hit a mid-range jumper with about 13 seconds left to get a huge road win against Loyola. The uh, mids came away with that one, 56-55. Um, so next is the star game against Army. That's going to be this Saturday, and I'll be very, very curious to see how the mids respond after that hugely disappointing loss last month. Not to uh, bring up any bad memories, but the uh, the mids let a 17-point lead with less than 10 minutes to go in the game get away from them before they ended up losing in overtime. So that was a real tough one to swallow. Um, this is one of those times when it pays to just learn from that experience and then use the old neuralizer from Men in Black, <laughs> if you guys remember that movie, where you just like wipe your memory clean and then just move on. So we'll see how things go up at West Point on Saturday. Okay, let's go ahead and move on to women's basketball. Um, right now, they are 4-7 and seven in league play, and over the weekend, they came from behind to beat Loyola 61-54. to uh, Jennifer Coleman, Mimi Schrader, and Sydney Watts all got into double figures, and the mids really made the most of their free throw opportunities, going 16 of 18 from the line. So right now, the team is in seventh place behind Army, which makes this Saturday's star game even bigger. Um, all 10 teams actually qualify for the Patriot League tournament, but finishing sixth or better means not having to play a first-round game. So if the Mits can figure out a way to win that one on the road and then you know nail down a couple more, they might have a chance to sneak into that number six spot. Oh, by the way, here's a quick update on the question of the day from December that I asked uh, when we were covering the women's team. And if you recall, the question was how many times Jennifer Coleman would score at least 20 points in the 20 regular season games remaining. So since that time, the Mids have played 13 games and Coleman has scored 20 or more points in nine of them. So with uh, seven more to go, the guy who's looking pretty good right now is uh, my classmate Tom Mortensen because he selected nine to 12 uh, games that she would score 20 or more. Um, 
there's a whole bunch of people that picked uh, 13 to 16 games. I think there was at least uh, 12 or so that went with those numbers. And they could still be right, too, depending on what Coleman does the rest of the season. So uh, we'll see how things shake out. Okay, next up is the uh, wrestling team. They have won their last two dual meets. Uh, first, they beat Bucknell. And by the way, that was for the 20th straight time. They followed that up with a 33-8 to win over Clarion. And this does give them a little bit of momentum going into the star meet against Army, which will be on uh, February the 18th. Remember, last year it came down to the very last match, and it was uh, Andrew Cerniglia who just overwhelmed his opponent to, uh, to put it away for the mids. Navy leads the overall series 50-10 to 10 with uh, five ties, so we'll see if they can add to that total on the, uh, on the 18th. Um, the one thing I did want to mention was that uh, after last year's match, Coach Kolot made a point of saying he could not wait until he had a chance to wrestle Army at home in front of a huge crowd because the, the match last year, the only people that could watch were, were team members and coaches. So uh, I mentioned this in our group Facebook page um, last week, and, and that is like most athletes, wrestlers draw all kinds of energy from crowd noise. So I'm hoping that Alumni Hall is going to be going crazy when the Black Knights come to town and help the mids bring home another star. So if you live in the Annapolis area, and I know I have uh, a whole bunch of listeners out there, and you don't have anything going on on the 18th, you know, get yourselves to Alumni Hall and show your support because uh, it could make the difference. The last two teams we'll cover are the men's and women's swimming and diving teams. Both of them completed another successful season. Uh, the women were 7-2 and two in dual meets. Uh, Sydney Harrington and Hannah Monto continued to perform at a high level. At the most recent Navy Invitational, uh, which is basically Navy's last meet before they go into the Patriot League Championships, Harrington won the 50 and 200 freestyle along with the 200 butterfly with regional qualifying times in all three of those races. Also, Monto, who is a diver, finished first in the one and three meter springboard diving events, and she is also qualified for regionals. Now, on the men's side, they finished with an eight and two record in dual meets and closed their season with a win over Columbia. And in the Navy Invitational meet that I just mentioned, uh, Pat Colwell, who is a sophomore from New Canaan, Connecticut, won the 200 individual medley as well as the 50 free. And Everett Andrew, who is a freshman from Wilmette, Illinois, finished first in the 200 and also the 1650 free. So, wow, that that kid's got some serious range. You don't see a whole lot of swimmers who are effective at those uh, shorter distances going all the way up to basically a mile. So, yeah, next up are the uh, Patriot League Championships, which actually start on February 16th, so basically next week. Both teams are the defending champions uh, from 2020. You'll recall that uh, last year they had to scratch the championships uh, because of the pandemic. Okay, so that does it for the Winter Sports Update, uh, but don't go anywhere. Uh, Our deep dive segment is next. All right. Welcome back, everybody. And, um, you know, back in October, I did a podcast episode entitled um, An Insanely Deep Dive into the Army-Navy Rivalry. I I believe it was episode 17. And I talked about how the head-to-head competition has progressed over the years from the very beginning, and specifically the time period when Navy began to dominate the rivalry. So if you haven't had a chance to check it out yet, um, you know, give it a listen when you get a chance because I think you'll get an even better appreciation for what the Mids accomplished on uh, February 5th. There are a total of 24 head-to-head matchups between Army and Navy that are part of the uh, uh, Star Series. And after last Saturday, the Mids lead at 13-1. to 1. 
Now, when a team clinches a series, it's usually not until the spring sports season are, uh, are underway. So we're talking about you know, the April time frame. During that month, there are typically seven stars that are up for grabs. So after getting through a winter sports season where the two schools are pretty evenly matched, things are usually decided sometime during the spring. I wanted to lead with that because on February 5th, the Mids reached another big milestone thanks to the four teams that beat Army. And that's because it allowed them to clinch the Star Series at the earliest date in the history of the competition. So we're going to break down each of those contests and show exactly how they did it. We're going to go ahead and start with the Rifle Team since they got things going bright and early that Saturday. And by the way, here's a quick crash course for those of you who may not be familiar with how a typical dual meet works. Um, the athletes compete in both small bore and air rifle, and they take 60 shots with each one, which are broken down into 10 shots per round. The uh, small bore rifle is fired from the kneeling, prone, and standing positions, and they go two rounds apiece, uh, so basically 20 shots per position. The competitors have an hour and 45 minutes to complete all 60 shots, and the target is 50 feet away. Now, just to give you some perspective, um, the 10 ring on that target is only about the size of a dime, so at 50 feet, it looks really, really small. From that distance, it probably looks more like the head of a thumbtack, and uh, remember, there's no scopes on these rifles either. So once they finish the small bore competition, uh, they take a short break and then move on to the air rifle. Uh, here, all six rounds are fired from the standing position, and the targets are 10 meters away with a time limit of uh, 75 minutes, so basically an hour and 15 minutes. After everything is all over, the five highest scores from the small bore and air rifle are used to come up with a team score, and of course the team with the highest aggregate score wins. Now, Army does lead in the overall series, but the uh, mids have won two out of the last three going into this one. And on Saturday, they made it three out of four and two in a row. The uh, entire team shot really well, but, uh, but here are the ones who really stood out. In the small board competition, Navy outpointed the Black Knights uh, 2,924 points to uh, 2,897. The uh, five mids who figured in the scoring were team captain Mike Zanti and his classmate Mark Amdahl, uh, Clarissa Leyland, who is a sophomore, and then two freshmen, uh, Marley Duncan and Stephanie Milvane. In the air rifle, it was Zanti, Amdahl, Leyland, Duncan, and another freshman, Mackenzie Shedd, that combined for a score of uh, 2,961, and that was 56 points better than Army's total of uh, 2,905. It was a record-setting day for Duncan, who is from uh, Wake Forest, North Carolina. She tied the program record in the small bore with a score of 592, and then followed that up with a 596 in the air rifle. In all 12 rounds of shooting, Duncan never scored lower than a 98, and that means that she never missed the 10 ring more than twice in any single round. You're going to hear a bunch of numbers here, but they're worth repeating. Uh, Duncan's small bore scores were 98, 98, 98, 100, 99, and 99. And if you think that's something, what do you hear this? In the air rifle, she shot 98, 99, 99, 100, 100, and 100 to get to that 596. So think about that for a minute. Marley Duncan, a freshman in her very first star competition against Army, hit the 10 ring at least 30 times in a row in the air rifle over those last three rounds. And it was probably more depending on when she got that nine in the third round. But, but here's the really scary part. That air rifle score that she had is three points less than her personal best of 599. And Duncan scored that earlier this year. Anyway, her combined score led all competitors and she was selected as the MVP of the match. It really was an amazing performance. But the one guy I do want to recognize here is uh, team captain Mike Zanti. He has had a monster year so far. Um, going into that army match, he was either the top individual performer in the competition or for the team in every single dual meet this year. 
And clearly it served as motivation for Duncan and the other underclassmen because they really came through um, against the Black Knights. You know, when you think of the skill level of these competitors, a a 62-point win is no joke. I mean, that's definitely making a statement. So the rifle team comes up with the uh, first star of the day on that historic Saturday. And right about the time that they were getting started, the men's track team was also kicking things off down in Annapolis against Army. Early on, the meet was pretty close. Uh, the Black Knights tend to do pretty well in the uh, field events, particularly in things like the shot put and the weight throw. So um, I wasn't too surprised to see things going back and forth uh, through the first, uh, say, three to four events. But uh, as the meet wore on, the mids continued to extend their lead, and uh, the final score was 101 to 80. And what I'd like to do now is take a look at the way that they were able to kind of put this meet away. When I looked at the results, uh, the first thing I noticed was that the mids finished at least first or second in 13 of the 15 individual events. And they won 10 events overall while coming in first and second in seven of them. So take my word for it. If you know anything about track, if you have a team turning in performances like that, getting the win is, is basically a foregone conclusion. Let's take a look at those seven events where Navy dominated. Those came in the vertical and horizontal jumps and also the middle to long distance races. In the uh, high jump, Cole Bailey and Ben Schneider took the top two spots. In the pole vault, it was Walker Rudisail and Jack Haller. Long jump was Caden Daly and Aiden Featherby. And then in the triple jump, you had Jordan Payne and Sebastian Allen. Moving on to the uh, middle to long distance races, you had Ashwin Briggs and Ian Bartlett coming in 1-2 in the 800 meters. And then in the 1,000, you had William Gravitt and Sean Casey finishing first and second. And then finally, in the 3,000 meters, uh, Greg Mathias and Sam Keeney took the top two spots. So those results right there accounted for 56 of the team's 101 points. And by the way, all those competitors I just mentioned uh, have qualified already for regionals. Now, the uh, one race I was really interested in was the mile. Uh, That's because Navy junior Alex Rizzo had a pretty good shot at becoming the second midshipman to run it in under four minutes. Two years ago, Jake Brophy became the first when he ran a 359.98 up in Boston, and that was actually one of my very first features in the Navy Sports Nation blog. Rizzo already had the field record at 4 minutes .94 seconds, so a sub-four mile here would make him the first to do it on his home track. And he ran a really exciting race. He actually won by almost a second and a half. His finishing time was 4 minutes .84 seconds. So he was just a fraction of a second off uh, getting in underneath that uh, four-minute barrier. You've got to figure that Rizzo's going to get it eventually, though. Um, That's just a matter of time. And by the way, he did pull down NAAA Athlete of the Week honors for that terrific effort. That win by Rizzo gave the mids the first of their four wins in the middle distance races. Uh, Well, middle to long distance, if you go all the way up to the 3,000. And like I said before, this is where they took control of the meet. In fact, going into the last three events, all they needed was four points to uh, to win it all. So basically, in the last two relay races, all they had to do to wrap things up was was basically not drop the baton. So they took care of business there, and and then they swept the long jump to get them to that final total of 101 points. It was the third straight star meet win for the men and their eighth in 10 years. Uh, Right now, the overall series stands at 34, 27, and 2 in favor of Navy. So it's pretty clear that the mids are starting to get a little bit of separation now. Okay, let's stay with track and jump over to the results for the women. Um, As far as the timeline goes for that Saturday, I'm pretty sure they were the last team to finish. Uh, Gymnastics, I think, got done right before them. But we'll go ahead and cover uh, the women's results now since we're already on the subject. Uh, This meet was much closer, and I figured it would be. Um, Going into the the matchup, uh, the overall series was tied uh, 17-17-1. 
And as I looked at the results, you could see that both teams were pretty even in the sprints and the middle to long distance races. Army had an advantage in the weight events, while the mids were pretty strong in the vertical and horizontal jumps, just like the men. A closer look shows that Navy finished first and second in five events. They were led by Ellie Abraham and Maddie Warrender, who took the top spots in the 1,000 meters. Uh, Charlene Mork and Stephanie Jacobs did the same in the pole vault. Katie Halbert and uh, Brianna Mueller went 1-2 in the long jump. Molly Chapman and Taylor Buchanan came through in the high jump. And again, Molly Chapman and Julia Mesa finished first and second in the triple jump. Those performances accounted for uh, 40 of the team's 94 points. Now, if you heard our last podcast episode, you'll remember that we previewed about five athletes on the women's indoor track team. You'll recall that they were Charlene Mork, Ellie Abraham, Jessica Nangle, Katie Halbert, and also Molly Mangan. You just heard me say that uh, Charlene Mork won the pole vault. Ellie Abraham won the uh, 1,000 meters. Jessica Nangle finished second in the 3,000 meters. Katie Halbert won the uh, 60 meter hurdles and also the long jump. And finally, Molly Mangan won the 400 meters, finished third in the 200, and also anchored the uh, team to uh, second place finish in the 4x400-meter relay in a really, really close race. So all told, those five athletes accounted for 33 of the 94 total points to help lead the mids to the win. The uh, other dual winner for the mids in the star meet was uh, Molly Chapman. She is a junior from Leesburg, Virginia, who competes in the high jump and the triple jump, as you just heard. Um... I thought that was pretty interesting because those two events are just so different. In the high jump, she's taking very measured strides. I don't even know if I'd call it a slow jog, but you're taking those strides to hit a mark and just explode up and over a bar. Now, in the triple jump, she's running pretty fast down a runway and has to transfer all that energy into a three-phase horizontal jump. So in my time watching track and field, I haven't seen many athletes who can compete in the high jump and triple jump and do well in both. So the fact that Chapman is able to do that really speaks to her versatility. Okay, that pretty much does it for track and field. So from here, we're going to go ahead and transition over to gymnastics. Now, this is a sport where Army has had a clear advantage in the head-to-head competition over the years. They led at 45-38 with uh, two ties going into this year's meet, but Navy has won the last three. And uh, to be honest, they didn't have a whole lot of trouble increasing that winning streak to four. The uh, mid scored higher in all six individual events, which consists of the floor exercise, the pommel horse, the high bar, the rings, the parallel bars, and the vault. And besides that, Isaiah Drake, who is a freshman, just totally dominated the all-around competition. He won three of the six events to take the title by nearly three points. And when you're talking gymnastics, you know, three points is a pretty significant margin. In the individual events, Coach Kip Simons used several different rotations to secure the wins there. And in addition to Drake, who's from Los Angeles, California, getting the wins in the floor exercise, parallel bars, and high bar, Ronan McQuillan took first in the pommel horse. Josh Williams did the same on the rings, and Connor Van Loo was the top point getter on the vault. Coach Simons praised the entire team for coming through with such a terrific effort uh, from the very opening rotation. The uh, final score for the meet was 397.25 points for Navy, with Army posting uh, a total of uh, 379.55. It's also worth noting that it was the mid's first win over the Black Knights in the Halsey Fieldhouse. I'm pretty sure up until recently they've been competing in McDonough Hall, Halsey is much better set up to watch these events, and it sounds like the team had a ton of support during the meet, too. So now the uh, overall series stands at 45 and 39 in favor of Army with two ties. And when the women's track team's win over the Black Knights was official, it capped off a historic day. Uh, Now the mids have a commanding 13 to 1 lead in the Star Series. And as we mentioned, there are still three more to be contested this month with uh, men's and women's basketball and also wrestling. The uh, series will wrap up in April when the spring teams go head-to-head in uh, seven different sports. 
Now, before I close out this segment, I just wanted to say one thing about the Navy coaches. Um, they have done a phenomenal job getting their teams ready to compete all season long. And you really don't need to look any further than how the freshmen have performed to figure that out. Uh, the other three classes have done great. There's no question about that. But I continue to be impressed with um, how these freshmen handle the pressure of competing against Army. I mean, it doesn't seem to phase them one bit. You saw what Marley Duncan did to the Black Knights in the rifle match. William Gravitt won the 1,000 meters in track, and Isaiah Drake was practically a one-man wrecking crew on the gymnastics floor. These athletes are already some really, really cool customers, and that's going to make them very dangerous in the coming years as they get more experience. We'll be right back. All right. Thanks for staying with us on Navy Sports Central. Carl Darden here with you. And now it's time for our question of the day. Uh, first, let's go back and check the responses from our last one. Uh, a couple of episodes ago when we were talking about the men's basketball team, I asked how many Patriot League wins would the eventual champion have? And the choices were 12 to 13, 14 to 15, 16 to 17. And then the last one was uh, 18 or more. After checking the responses, it looks like 14 to 15 was the most popular choice. Uh, seven of you went with that one. There were three votes for 12 to 13 wins and one for 16 to 17. Now, as of the day this segment was recorded, which was February 10th, the two teams with the most league wins are Colgate and Navy. Uh, they each have nine, but Colgate is in first place by half a game. Um, their record is nine and two with seven games to go. And the mids are sitting on a nine and four record with uh, five games left. Boston University is currently in third place with an 8-5 and five record, while Army and Loyola are tied for fourth, and they are both at 7-6. and six. So right now, there's still a chance for the Raiders to get 16 wins, but it's more likely that whoever wins the Patriot League will land somewhere between 12 and 15. Um, interestingly enough, Navy and Colgate will go at each other on February 26th, so depending on what happens in the next two weeks, uh, they could be playing for the regular season championship and the number one seed in the Patriot League tournament. So we'll see how things play out there. Now let's get to this week's question. And as you might guess, it is connected to the uh, Army-Navy Star Series. Um, according to the data I received when I did the podcast back in October, Navy Athletics has information on the Star Series going back to 1979. So the question is, what's the highest number of stars the mids have won in a single year of head-to-head competition? Now, keep in mind, right now they have 13. So here are your choices, and they're pretty straightforward. Uh, was it 16, 17, 18, or 19 stars? Think about that one for a little bit. I'll go ahead and post it on our group Facebook page. It'll be up by the end of the day, and you can give me your answers there. Okay, let's go ahead and finish things up with our Midwatch segment. Uh, we've been following Molly Mangan from the women's track team and also Andrew Cerniglia from the wrestling team. Uh, let's go ahead and start with Molly then. She picked up 10 points by winning the 400 meters, finishing third in the 200, and anchoring the 4x400-meter relay team to a second-place finish. Her winning time in the 400 was uh, 56.16 seconds, and that time was close to a second under the regional qualifying time of 57.04. Now, Molly hasn't run the 200 as often this year, at least not according to what I've seen. Uh, her time in the Army meet was uh, 25.14 seconds, which was just a tenth off of what she needs to qualify for regionals. But she's going to have three more chances to do that, including the Patriot League championships. And finally, we have Andrew Cerniglia. He's currently ranked 26th nationally at 157 pounds. And um, he's won his last two matches pretty handily. Um, against Bucknell, he earned a 9-3 decision. 
And in the Clarion match last weekend, he pinned his opponent with uh, four seconds to go in the first round. When the mid square off against Army, Cerniglia will be matched up against senior Marcus Hartman. He's ranked 24th right now, so that should be a really interesting pairing. I'm not sure what Hartman's record is in dual meets this year, but uh, as I mentioned earlier, Cerniglia's is uh, 23 and 5. Now, it is worth mentioning that the Black Knights are going into this meet against Navy next week uh, on a high note. They knocked off uh, number 15th ranked Lehigh in their final home match of the uh, year. So they're going to be feeling pretty confident. And I'll tell you, it could get pretty intense if Hartman and Cernigli end up wrestling in the very last match with the star on the line. That would have been the case last year, except Hartman got hurt in the uh, match before they went up against the mid. So Cernigli ended up just basically dismantling the guy who took his place. But the thing that really kind of bugged me was that the West Point announcers seemed to think that if Hartman wasn't injured, Army would have just cruised to that star win easily. And that annoyed me because they clearly didn't know anything about Cernigli at all. Uh, they just assumed that Hartman, who was a junior at the time, would have beaten you know Cernigli, who was a freshman. And actually, last year, Cernigli had a better duel record against some pretty tough competition. So for them to assume that Hartman would have easily won tells me that uh, they really didn't do their homework. Anyway, I don't know where these two guys will be wrestling in the meet, actually. It could be at the beginning or in the middle. But if I had to bet money on it, I would say that they're going to be the very last match. Now, I've got one final thought. It was just like I was saying before. Um, wrestlers feed off of crowd noise. All right. So if you're local, get yourselves out to Alumni Hall because the more support Andrew Cernigli and the rest of the team has on February the 18th, the better. That's going to do it for this edition of Navy Sports Central. Thank you all so much for joining us. Now, if you like what you've heard, make sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. And remember to spread the word to all the other Navy fans out there. We have been getting a great response to our question of the day. So if you want to jump in on that, just go to the Navy Sports Nation group Facebook page. It will be pinned to the top uh, so you won't miss it. And just a quick reminder, the views expressed on Navy Sports Central are my own and do not reflect those of the U.S. Naval Academy or Navy Athletics. By the way, the music used in Navy Sports Central comes to you courtesy of Audio Jungle. This is a great site for purchasing the rights to use music from thousands of artists around the world. And those we feature in the podcast will be credited in our show notes. Talk to you soon, everybody. Until next time, this is Carl Darden. Go Navy, beat Army. <laughs>